Notice anything different? That's right. No ad. Which means this space is available. So if you have a company or brand or product or anything really that you'd love to promote on 30 Pop, this is your chance. Just shoot me an email at the link in the show notes and I'll give you all the relevant details. Now, on to 30 Pop. Hello. Mom, it's Luke and I'm recording you. Hi Luke, how are you? (laughs) I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine. What's happening? Well, I'm working on 30 Pop, and mm-hmm. I just wanted to reach out to you now and formally invite you to be my guest on the show next week to talk about Pretty Woman. <gasps> I love that movie. I know you do, and I, I want to dig that into movie. that yes. love a little bit next week. So mm-hmm. this is me formally inviting you to be my guest on 30 Pop. Okay. Okay, I'll so this isn't, this isn't just the opening call. This is, you're going to be like my feature. Oh, wow. Okay. Can you handle it? Sure. All right. Well. I'll have to figure out what I want to wear, though. Just audio, Mom. But I, uh, <laughs> I look forward to talking later this week. Well, I can't wait to talk about that movie. I love that movie. You might rewatch it if you've got it handy somewhere, just so you can refresh your oh, memory. Oh, I have it. Trust me. Perfect. Okay. All right. I love Sounds you. Great. In fact, I'm, I'm watching Julie Roberts' movie right now called Larry Crown with... What's his name? Tom Hanks. That's great, Mom. It's weird. It's very weird. Okay. okay. Well, Hi. I'll talk to you next week. All right. Love you. I love you too. Bye-bye. Bye. From Milieu Media Group, this is 30 Pop, a weekly peek back at the music, movies, sports, fashion, politics, and news from 30 years ago. I'm your host, Luke Braun. This is Season 2, Episode 18, Bad Movies, Good Memories, and Fond Farewells. Today we're looking back at the week that ended Saturday, May 5th, 1990. Hello friends and welcome once again to 30 Pop. As always, I appreciate you tuning in as we spend the next few minutes remembering what the world was in love with 30 years ago this week. There are reportedly over a million podcasts on the planet now that you could be listening to, so the fact that you're listening to this one means just a whole lot to me. So why don't we get to it? 30 years ago this week, for the second straight week and the third week overall, the number one film in the country was Pretty Woman, with Julia Roberts and Richard Gere, which, as I mentioned in the opening call, we'll hopefully get to discuss in much more detail next week. New to theaters, however, was this oddly timed May 4th release. Stephen King, originator of Pet Cemetery. Arthur Conan Doyle, author of Sherlock Holmes. Michael McDowell, creator of Beetlejuice. George Romero, director of Night of the Living Dead. Now, these four masters of everlasting horror bring to the screen four tales of overwhelming terror. I warned them, but they wouldn't listen. Tales of diabolical fate. You promised you'd never die! Tales of ghastly revenge. Grow, O light. Rise, O light. Come forth, O light. Open his eyes. 
tales of ruthless evil. That cat has killed three people in this household. I don't believe this. Kill it, bury it, and bring me its tail. Tales from the Dark Side. Well, that just about takes care of that, doesn't it? Come live the nightmare of your choice. Tales from the Dark Side. The movie. Now, I've never had even the remotest desire to see this movie or the series that spawned it, as horror isn't really my thing, and comedy horror even less so. But I was interested, watching the trailer, to see the relatively stacked cast of actors in this film, at least by 1990 standards. Christian Slater alone was enough in those days to give this movie some real legitimacy. The brilliant and lovely Julianne Moore, who would go on to great success in Hollywood, made her film debut in the movie as well. Steve Buscemi, who's sort of a legend in his own weird right, also features prominently in the film. Other actors in the film, whose names may not ring a bell, but whose faces would certainly be familiar, include Matthew Lawrence, whose big brother Joey was about to hit big in the TV show Blossom, and who would hit big himself a few years later in the Robin Williams classic Mrs. Doubtfire, William Hickey, who is most recognizable to me as Lewis from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, David Johansson, who I know best as the cab-driving ghost of Christmas past in Bill Murray's Scrooged, and Robert Sedgwick from the third installment in the Die Hard Christmas film franchise, Die Hard with a Vengeance. This movie also features actress Ray Don Chong, known by most as the daughter of comedian and cannabis connoisseur Tommy Chong, by many as Cindy from Arnold Schwarzenegger's Commando, by some as Squeak from Steven Spielberg's The Color Purple, but by me as Tracy Carlson from the 1984 breakdance and hip-hop culture classic Beat Street. I love that movie. I'm confident you'd recognize each of these folks if you ever saw them, but even still, I find myself completely unmotivated to care about this particular movie. So we'll move on. In TV news this week in 1990, we said goodbye to multiple shows and one creative legend, but not before we had the opportunity to celebrate another. On April 30th, the world gathered around their big bulky TV sets to laugh and maybe even cry a little when CBS aired a special broadcast of the long-lost pilot episode of I Love Lucy, commemorating the first anniversary of Lucille Ball's death on April 26, 1989. And while we laughed at our beloved Lucy, most of us missed entirely the series finale of NBC's award-winning but now mostly forgotten three-season sitcom My Two Dads, starring Paul Reiser and Stacey Keenan, each of whom had career-catapulting roles just on the horizon with Mad About You and Step by Step, respectively. I didn't realize until researching for this episode that Giovanni Ribisi, who I've always believed to be a pretty underrated actor, was also a part of the My Two Dads cast. Another series that ended this week in 1990 was the relatively short-lived Growing Pains spinoff, Just the Ten of Us, a show about which I've forgotten more than I remember, but I do recall loving. That finale happened on May 4th, 1990. Also on May 4th, 1990, actor, writer, producer, and master puppeteer Jim Henson made what turned out to be his final public appearance on the Arsenio Hall Show, and he made it alongside one of his greatest creations, Kermit the Frog. We've been joined by Kermit the Frog. How are you? Good to see you, Arsenio. Good to have you back. Did you meet Thank Connie you. backstage? Uh, I, I, well, I didn't. I, I didn't. 
No, I, I don't know what happened. Uh, well, you know what? They keep me in a bag. <laughs> That's the truth. That's the truth. They keep me in a bag. They don't let me out. You know. Miss Pinky is in this show that you did. Yeah. How did she do? Well, that's a sad story. I mean, it's really, uh, you know, it's, well, you know, I was there, I was in the mud, you know, sitting there mm -hmm. and uh, eating mosquitoes and having a great time. <laughs> she was in high heels, you see. Didn't enjoy it at all. She did. And then, and then at the end of the show, at the end of the show, she was standing in front of the Chinese theater signing autographs and she was supposed to put her footprints in the cement mm -hmm. and it hardened. You know, uh, I am in the doghouse. Yes, it, it's really bad. No, it's it's really a, a, a sad situation. You know, it, it's it's interesting because you have a totally different tone than you had last time you were here when I talked to you about Miss no, Piggy, and I've heard rumors that there are problems between the two of you. Well, you know, we were on the Today Show, and uh, and she did uh, well. She slugged me, and then Deborah Norville. Really? She did. I can understand Deborah, but why you? Well, it, it's it's well, it's sort of a you know communication thing. Uh, you know, she's uh, you know got her own kind of uh, lifestyle, and uh, well, you know the the relationship isn't uh, it's not going too well. Now wait, clarify that her own type of lifestyle. Oh yeah. What's yeah. the problem? Well, you know, well, she's uh, she's got uh, her aims and goals are maybe not the same as mine, and we're kind of growing apart. You know, this is a, you know, we could, we could talk about this, a sort of a frog to man, you know. Yes, this is a, yes. I mean, because it's you never... You know, know what relationships are like, you see, you know, it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's communication, you know, mostly. Yeah. Mm. It's never one person's fault, though. I mean, I'm sure she has some faults, but hey, you eat flies, man. <laughs> I, eat, I eat mosquitoes, I eat flies, yes. I, 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 I don't, I make no, mo no pretenses about that, that's what I do. Okay, tell me sure. one of her major faults. Uh, well, you know, I, I've been taught, I've been, I've, I've learned not to talk about her faults, you see. You mean in public? Yes, it's very painful. You know, <laughs> yes, you know she, she has, she has a right that'll, that'll lay you right, lay right out, you know. It's, it's just an old, old piece of mosquito caught in your throat there. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> I would have said I had a frog in my throat, but I won't say that. <laughs> Sadly and most unexpectedly, Hinson died a couple weeks later. We'll talk more about his life, his legacy, and his tragic passing on episode 20. Lastly, in music, we saw a little bit of action on the Billboard charts. Sinead O'Connor was still holding strong with the number one album and single in the country with her version of Prince's song, Nothing Compares Number 2, Capital U, and Dan Seals still held the number one spot on the Hot Country chart for the third straight week with his song, Love on Arrival. The new number one song on the hot R&B and hip-hop chart was Belle Biv DeVoe's Poison, a song I loved and for which I still own a VHS copy of Two Dear Friends and I performing a dance-slash-lip-sync of that song at our school talent show in fifth grade. I've mentioned that performance a couple times on this show now, and I still have no intention of sharing that footage. But who knows? You might want to follow on Facebook and Twitter at 30pop and on Instagram at 30poppodcast just in case. The new top song on the hot rap chart this week in 1990 was Kid and Play's Funhouse. Off the recent success of the release of their film and accompanying soundtrack, House Party, which my dear friend Aaron Hale and I reviewed with great disappointment, I might add, a few weeks back on episode 10 of this season. And that's just about it for this week in 1990 pop culture news, friends. 
I hope and trust that you're all staying safe out there and taking all the necessary precautions to keep yourself and those around you healthy and COVID-free. Huge thanks once again for taking some time out of your quarantine schedule to be here with me doing this. If you're interested in joining the amazing folks who helped me to do this over on Patreon, folks like Nick Willard, Stevie Berryman, and Tommy Parker, each of whom I love deeply and to whom I'm eternally grateful, just click the Patreon link in the show notes and partner with me for as little as $1 a month. I know I say it every week, but really, this work takes time and effort and I just want to do as much of it as possible. So your partnership goes a long, long way. For now, I'll say goodbye until next week and leave you with these words from the great Jim Henson. Life's like a movie. Write your own ending. Keep believing. Keep pretending. 30 Pop is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Luke Bronner. Our artwork is by the amazing Heather Hale. To check out more shows from Mill U Media Group, visit millumedia.com, which is linked in the show notes for this episode. And if you have a story from 1990 that you want to share on the air, email 30poppodcast at gmail.com. 